Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Linode, a top infrastructure as a service provider, has resources specifically for helping MSPs explore the alternative cloud. Discover this growing market, one of the best kept secrets in building a scalable, thrivable, modern managed service provider business. Learn about the cloud provider landscape, improving KPIs, security, and more in Linode's free book, The MSP's Guide to Modern Cloud Infrastructure, available now. This resource and more at linode.com slash mspradio. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl, and I am joined once again by Toby Nangle, who is the Global Director, Channels and Partnerships for Field Effect. Welcome back. Thanks very much, Carl. Happy to be here. Well, and you were just telling me that the weather has actually turned nice in Canada. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is uh, so we get we have two seasons in Canada. We have uh, winter and construction. So we're clearly in the construction season up here. Yes. Well, oh, you know, it's been uh, a couple of years because of the pandemic. But man, when I was in Montreal a couple of years ago, it was all construction. <laughs> it is always. I, I, I literally couldn't get anywhere. You can't go a block. So, uh, but it'll be nice when it's done, if it's ever done. So yeah, it's as ever. I recall, every time I went to the airport, it took me a different route because they were moving the roads every single day. Yeah. <laughs> the GPS somehow kept up with that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Waze is especially u- useful in, in Montreal where you can't take the same route twice. That's right. I, I actually hadn't thought about that for a while. And I was like, <laughs> a flashback from, from 2019. All right. So, so you've been here before. And so we're going to point to our earlier uh, podcast that we did. Uh, so folks can get an introduction to you. But now let's assume they've all done that and they, they have some idea who you are. Uh, why don't you give us a quick intro to Field Effect and uh, what you guys are up to uh, and as we enter summer of 2022. Okay, for sure. So Field Effect is a cybersecurity company. Um, the vast majority of our partnerships in the MSP space right now are focused in and around Covalence, which is our cybersecurity monitoring platform. Um, and, you know, we have been around with that uh, platform for over five years now and um, gaining substantial traction um, as we grow the business with the MSP community in particular. Um, and I think it's it, it's covalence, the sort of holistic approach that we've taken in developing the solution that's really resonating with the MSP community. And that is where we combine sort of EDR, MDR, XDR into a single bundle and, uh, simplify a complex problem, sort of um, take the requirements for a bunch of disparate point solutions away and provide a a simple singular uh, pane of glass for them to leverage for all their cybersecurity needs. Um, And our background, just real quickly, is uh, is one deeply rooted in the cybersecurity space uh, here in Canada and, and around the Five Eyes community around the world. Uh, we've got offices here in Canada, the United States, in uh, the UK and Australia. We're chasing the sun for 24-7 uh, support uh, so that we can support our partners around the world. 
Very cool. And um, just, is there any update in terms of just like on the security front? Is there some like, I don't know, effect from the, the war in Ukraine or anything where it's changed what you have to do? Because last time we talked in January, uh, it, it was a different world. <laughs> You know, and I think I think the certainly our teams here noticed um, different kinds of activity as we're um, you know sort of on a on a globally distributed team monitoring um, our customers around the world. We've certainly noticed a different flavor of threat that's um, that we need to be aware of, and I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of good information sharing that's been happening between even between vendors, to be honest with you, around different elements of uh, of the new threat, given um, what's taking place. But um, I, th I don't think any new component to the um, service is necessarily there. It's just part of the service where we're continually updating uh, for, you know, emerging threats. Right. Well, and that's like detection and response, uh, it's almost its almost like you would have like, seen it on your radar that, hey, something is going on, <laughs> you know, a war where uh, there's a cyber component of the actual physical war. Yeah, uh, and that's real. And I think our, I think our team is, um, is actually um, seeing that. It's, uh, it's de it definitely provided, I think, an uptick in, in activity. Right. So, one of the things we have, and we're going to put a note uh, down below, so we're going to have a link to the white paper, but I'm going to let you pronounce the name of the company because I tried and I just I, I just can't, but the, the white paper <laughs> that they produced is hands-free cybersecurity for the SME market. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, so it is uh, a, a study that we requisitioned through IT Noverica, a very reputable um, analyst firm. And um, they, in essence, what we um, have been positioning with a lot of our partners and I've heard, you know, uh, nothing but confirmation from them that, you know, um, covalence and field effect provide a different flavor of um, of managed detection and response, one that's hard to categorize in a lot of ways. So we sort of talk about blending MDR and EDR and XDR, but we wanted to we wanted to go to a third party to validate a lot of our assumptions and a lot of what we were hearing from our partners and ask them to um, to study through. Um, interview processes with our MSPs, uh, with their end customers, that indeed uh, a lot of our assumptions were, were valid. And indeed, that's, uh, that's, some of, um, uh, that's some of the conclusion that they arrived at as well. So one of the things they mentioned is that the, the managed detection and response, the MDR market, is about $3 billion uh, this year. Uh, and and so when they when they looked at you versus other alternatives, what did they find? Well, and I think there's I think there's a few things that they found. Um, one was that you know a comprehensive, holistic approach to cybersecurity is something that um, MSPs truly appreciated. Um, so as opposed to having to have uh, disparate point solutions or having to deal with various vendors for um, different parts of the security stack, having 
a, uh, a single vendor that could provide, um, you know, that kind of comprehensive, holistic protection, um, allow the partners to tap the um, expert security analysts on the shoulder and ask for guidance um, was something that the partners um, truly appreciated. So there was a lot of uh, recognition, first of all, that that MSPs have a ton of choice and, and need to be super careful. I mean, you know, as well as I do, Carl, there's a lot of choice out there in the, in the vendor space. And, and one of the, the real takeaways that I sort of latched onto was um, a, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of reference from partners as being actual uh, partners and not vendors. So is there a way for us to really scale our support of our partners in a way that uh, that they feel well supported as opposed to uh, another number uh, uh, from another vendor. Right. Yeah, a lot of these uh, uh, vendors, when you ask them, how do you measure success? It is uh, endpoint widgets, like, like it's not partners, it's not happy customers. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. How many endpoints do I have deployed today uh, under active management and, and monitoring, right? But. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think our approach is a little is a little different in that regard as well. So we, we do roll up our sleeves with our partners in, in a lot of ways, not just in terms of our service delivery, but also in terms of of our ability to help support their end customers in certain situations that uh, that might require our expertise. Well, and the holistic piece is interesting because I, I literally just within the last two hours had a conversation with somebody who was saying, ah, I want to be competent in cybersecurity, but I don't know that I can be competent in cybersecurity anymore. There's too much. It's, it's overwhelming. I literally can't get my arms around it. And, uh, and so having a, something where you are able to say, you don't have to get your arms around it. You can get our arms around it. <laughs> right? That's it. That's uh, it helps them feel like they can offer these services because I think a lot of people want to opt out and just say, I don't do security. And that's not an option. It, it isn't anymore, is it? I mean, certainly the days of, of AV and a firewall are, are gone uh, in the rearview mirror pretty substantially over the course of the last couple of years, especially. Um, and and I think, you know, the, the truth is that all of the MSPs, um, offerings that we're looking at from good, better to best have varying degrees of, of um, security offered in each of them. Um, and I think it's important to understand that uh, the partner doesn't need to become deeply, deeply expert in cybersecurity if they're partnering with the right folks. And, um, you know, and I think that's where we feel as though we can offer the most value to MSPs and to our partners is is by um, allowing them to focus on being really, really good at the IT operational element of their practice and, and leaning heavily on us to provide the expertise in some areas that are um, really complex and you know, rely on us to deliver some simplicity to, to a complex problem. Um, and you know, take away the requirement for you know, constant upskilling and, and upgrading of talent, which is really, really hard to find. And, and you know, uh, truth is that the um, security threats change so frequently and the tactics, uh, techniques and procedures change so often that um, it would be an impossible task to ask an MSP to keep up to speed with it. So an MSP, uh, wants to, I guess, uh, relax a bit 
and not lose sleep every day that their clients are not being protected. Um, how do you get by? Like, how you can't relax if if they're relying on you, they're putting the pressure on you. How do you keep up with it without, um, yeah, you know, going well, insane or something? Yeah, well, it's a, that's a very fair question. I was going to say pulling your hair out, but you know, <laughs> but yeah, well, you can see <laughs> the barber I've been to did it for me, right? Yeah. So the the um, no, the truth is that. Uh, you know, the entirety of field effects resources are focused in and around ensuring that we are uh, as up to speed as humanly possible in all of that, uh, all of the various threats that might um, be in the market today. And I think the truth is that, you know, you can really look to a partner like Field Effect with a large staff of, of cybersecurity analysts um, distributed globally in different geographies so that we've got three eight-hour shifts uh, makes it a lot easier for us to worry about those things than for our partners who are, you know, probably not um, equipped to provide 24-7 um, sort of active response, emergency response kind of um, services to their end customers. Right. Well, and, you know, the truth is, the MSP can't just say, I know zero about security, turn it over to you and be done. So do you help them understand, uh, you know, how, how to manage uh, the, the threat surface and to, to understand sort of like, this is what you need to do. And then like, here's the line where we take care of the rest. Yeah, and and um, we do exactly that. Actually, you're sort of describing our our service um, in a way. So I'll say that the way we sort of um, position covalence and the alerting that we provide to our partners as sort of low frequency but high fidelity. So with the way that we draw the line is that we provide our partners with very crisp, timely alerting. That's been highly curated in the background. So our security analysts will review all of the alerting prior to ever sending one out to, uh, to a partner for their remediation purposes. Uh, but in essence, we also have a way of categorizing all of those um, threats into uh, you know, actions, recommendations, and observations. That's the sort of alerting um, IP that we've developed here at, at uh, Field Effect through Covalence. And, um, you know, the highest and most severe of which uh, we expect our partners to sort of action immediately. Um, and there are knobs and dials within the portal where they can actually allow us to take some, ac some action in, in certain situations according to certain playbooks. Um, but certainly, I think from our perspective, um, it's all about just being as uh, simple and plain as possible in our alerting, making sure that it's uh, that when they see an alert from us, they know they need to pay attention. And then we're also very um, prescriptive in the remediation steps that are required to resolve and remediate um, what we're alerting against. So there's a, there's an element here of the way in which we alert that really does provide, I think, an awful lot of the advantage to the service. Yeah, and uh, we'll actually refer people back to our previous conversation. Uh, we'll link that down below, but you have various levels of responses as well. So if I feel like I can respond 
I can, but otherwise I can actually engage you at some level as well. That's correct. So we do have, well, first of all, we, you know, we we're providing agents for endpoints, we're providing sensors for network, and we're monitoring clouds. So we're covering all of the all of the threat vectors, but on the on the power of the endpoint agent, it is in essence an EDR uh, inside of covalence. And it really does provide us with the ability to take action. And, and um, the extent to which we can take action is dictated by the settings in the portal by our partner based on a customer by customer basis, but it does allow us to do, uh, like we can block, isolate, and uh, terminate processes as examples, right? Um, so if we needed to isolate a machine from the network, we could do so, and we would do so according to the playbook assigned to that particular customer by our MSP partner. So we can absolutely take steps um, on our partner's behalf. Um, and I think, you know, that's part of the amazing element here that is, you know, not only do we have active blocking and, and elements of that nature that are automatically baked in based on policies, but we have, a, you know, set of experts who can step in and take those actions on behalf of our partners. Um, and we are all doing this with an eye on the exact sort of end customer profile that our MSPs are, are, have got their arms around. And that is the sort of SME market and, and um, providing that extent of, of service to the SME market is one would think a, a, an expensive proposition, but we've, because we own the entire tech stack, we've developed it all from scratch. Uh, it does allow us to actually provide it to the MSP at a digestible rate. And uh, you know, it allows them actually to, rest comfortably and um, and drive some margin into their business, actually. Right. So that's a good transition to the white paper itself. So IT Noverica did a random selection of uh, your uh, partners, MSP partners, and they, they picked five of them and looked at how they, uh, I guess, how they, they benefited from uh, their working with field effect and can you summarize a, a bit about what came out of that research? Yeah, I mean, the conclusions were, first of all, that they benefited from um, the sort of comprehensive nature, the holistic approach that is provided through covalence and by field effect. But in essence, um, a lot of the conclusions that um, IT Noverica was able to summarize for us in this in this commission study were around um, elements of, of partnership, around elements of, of um, the financial elements that are um, involved in our commercials and what that enables the partner to drive into their end customers. We have a couple different ways that our, our partners can buy from us. So there's flexibility in there and, and it doesn't enable them to sort of provide an upsell and, and premium security package to their end customers. So there's financial elements here that are many of the MSPs that were interviewed here were able to capture for their business. And I think that was um, probably at the core of, of some of the um, conclusions, but really in essence as well, there's, there is service efficacy as a conclusion here as well, which is that, you know, if adopting as an MSP covalence within your customer base, um, you know, there's 
uh, almost an element of being able to rest easy, Carl. And and I don't want to oversimplify it, but that is sort of one of the core findings here as well is that um, our MSPs were really outsourcing the deep expertise of cybersecurity to to field effect and and through the covalence platform. So, um, uh, what do you say when partners say, "Look, I just you know everybody wants X number of dollars." per user, per endpoint, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. you keep adding it up a dollar here, $5 there, $10 there. Yeah. How, how do we make any money? So, you know, can you address like the, the money side of, how do yeah. I make money with field effect or save money? Yeah. Well, and I think there's, that's, that's actually probably exactly right. There's, there's the making and the saving of money. And I think there's, um, there's a few different things here. One, if you look, take a deep dive into the economics of our commercials uh, and our pricing, there is an opportunity to pull, you know, three to seven disparate um, point solutions, each with their own separate set of uh, per user prices um, and, and consolidate under, um, under covalence. So um, there's an opportunity to replace uh, point solutions and potentially different vendors. So the associated operational cost of supporting three different uh, vendors and the training on those, uh, those point solutions is something that they can point to, I think, quite clearly in terms of uh, savings from their perspective. But the additional um, capabilities that we've been able to um, sort of allow the partner in their sort of best category, good, better, best is an often used phrase uh, I know within the community. And whether you're going with a single offering uh, and you're in or you're out, one size fits all, or, uh, uh, or you're going with the good, better, best, um, the capability of the platform to uh, support different tiers is there, but certainly it's allowed a number of our partners to do a substantial amount of upgrading and upselling to the premium package within their uh, customer base. So a few folks have um, certainly in the study, I think is well recognized that they were able to push a number of their customers into their premium package because of the comprehensive nature of the security offering that's now being baked in. And I don't know if you're noticing the same thing, Carl, but these days, what we're noticing in terms of the difference between a, these different tiers within an MSP's offerings, oftentimes now is coming down at the very core of it is to how much security is being provided to the end customer in those premium packages. Right. Well, also, I mean, the customer says, ugh, uh, one more thing I have to do, right? One more set of two-factor authentication. I now have six security products. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, you, you've completely destroyed my ability to get anything done because I'm spending all my time signing in. <laughs> that is so, so true. Yeah. Uh, so do, does the customer experience much at all other than not being compromised? You know, the end customer, it's, up, it's really up to the partner to decide just how much exposure they want to provide to the end customer here. Like, in essence, it may be that they would notice uh, a pop-up if we're automatically blocking something on their endpoint. They might see our icon in their system tray, but that might be about it. Um, and and aside from that, you know, it can it's just rolled into a partner's tier of service, and and it's positioned as a as a service as opposed to a solution and a or, and a product. More often than not, when we're dealing with the MSPs, so it can be quite invisible to the end customer. 
Um, we do have multi-tenancy for our partners so they can be managing all of their customers in a single pane as an example. And it, and it does provide, I think, for uh, the ability to, um, in essence, provide a, a sort of premium tier white labeled um, solution to their, um, to their customers. Very good. So we want to make sure folks know uh, they can go to fieldeffect.com and find out more information. Um, for the partner, I noticed that so in, in this report, you have you, one of the partners is like five employees and another one is 150. And, you know, it's like, so do you pretty much work with any MSP of any size? We, you know what we do, and and uh, the truth is at the moment um, we're still. Uh, I wouldn't say that we've got the. Um, th I would say we've probably got a profile that of partner that we're effective in supporting. That is, um, I think, constantly adjusting. Quite honestly, we we work with a few partners that are as small as five uh, folks on team, uh, and and some very very large ones. So. Um, it does uh, really vary, and it's it's mostly just how is it that we can effectively uh, support partners who are targeting an audience that we know we can help them service really. And and so at the moment, you know, uh, it's the truth is we we've, we've been effective in supporting every size of MSP that you can imagine at this point. And if folks engage, uh, do they sign a a three year contract that automatically renews? Um, you know what, they, there's a choice in which they can, um, you know, vendor lock-in I know is sort of distasteful for a lot of folks, but um, we, we have a non-committed uh, approach. If a partner wants to dip their toe in with us, they're certainly allowed to do that. We've got a, we've got a sort of an MSA that they can hop into without committing to any sort of uh, transactional minimums or anything of that nature. Uh, and then we can enable them and get them comfortable in cybersecurity, and then they can start selling to their customers, and then they can transact. So there's no minimum uh, transactional elements that are required in the partnership. Very cool. Well, we're going to put a link to the white paper to make sure people have instant access to that. But if they want to engage, what's the best way to get started with you guys? Yeah, reach out to us and and um, there's, I think, a couple of different ways they can do that. There's certainly, they can go to the fieldeffect.com uh, slash partner page and um, register there. They can also, I think, um, send us, uh, we can also uh, respond to an email at partners uh, at fieldeffect.com. So uh, a couple different ways for them to come at us and uh, more than happy to engage. We, we've got a, a growing base of MSPs. We're always keen to talk to, uh, to, talk to more. Very cool. Uh, so uh, we're almost out of time, but is there anything else I missed in this white paper uh, that folks should know about? Um, no, and I, I, I think we've covered the gamut of it, to be honest with you, Carl. The only thing I think I would say is that we, we do recognize that, that partners have choice, a lot of choice out there in, in the security vendors that they, uh, that they look to, to provide solutions to their own customers. And I would say, you know, from our perspective, I think it's, uh, it's almost more important to choose the right partner versus a, versus the right vendor for these scenarios, because I think it, it, it does really behoove a partner to be careful there and to choose a, a partner 
who's um, probably got the ability to control their own destiny through their own, you know, owning their own tech stack from from soup to nuts. So um, that's that's about it from our side. But uh, yeah, thanks for the time. So if a uh, if a partner's got like whatever uh, six products they're currently deploying, do they have to replace all of them at once, or can they replace one at a time and get just sort of comfortable with? Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. With you guys. Absolutely. They can, they can take their, um, you know, they can take their current stack and begin to drive the replacement elements there as they get more and more comfortable with us. We certainly play nicely alongside a lot of tools and we've, we've got an awful lot of MSP um, PSA integrations now. So we've got auto task and, and ConnectWise manage integrations that are two-way synced and, and certainly they can um, start to get comfortable with us and, and then, uh, you know, sort of begin to remove tools as they get more and more comfortable along the path. Very good. All right, Toby Nangle from uh, Field Effect. Thank you for being with us once again, and we will have you back uh, for another report. I appreciate your time. Excellent. Thanks so much, Carl. All right. Thanks for being here. This is Carl, and this has been another SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.